Sure. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Five reasons you are not having vaginal orgasms. First off, let me say unequivocally that every woman is capable of deeper vaginal orgasms. By this, I mean the G-spot, cervical orgasms, and ejaculatory orgasms. These are the orgasms that change your life. While the clitoris is fun and good for a laugh or a warm-up, if you really want to harness the power of your sexual energy, you need to go deeper. A few inches deeper. <laughs> These deeper vaginal orgasms are like the Loch Ness monsters of sexuality. They are mysterious and subject to much skepticism and known only to some. The reason why they elude so many people, and especially laboratory analysis, although they have been cited in some labs, mainly French and not English, it's because they involve far more than just technique. In fact, I would say that technique is less than 10% of what will take you there. Here is the other 90%. You think you are just one of those women who can't. I have had women G-spot orgasm just hours after me telling them that they could, <laughs> meaning they had previously bought into the untruth that only some women can have G-spot orgasms. And since they had tried and failed before, they assumed that they were in that category. Then they found me and I told them that all women are able to have G-spot orgasms and all other orgasms too. Many of these women tried that very day and they succeeded. Because if you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, you can't. Sometimes it's that simple and I guarantee that you can. You have a hard time letting go. The game-changing factor that separates the girls from the women or the clitoris from the vagina is the ability to open up, drop your guard, and surrender. If you can't do that, you won't get there. These deeper internal orgasms call on the deeper internal parts of you. Your vulnerability, your authentic self, they need to be present. You cannot hide behind a wall. Your vagina tells the truth if you let it. And that's why these orgasms are far less likely to appear in casual sex situations or if you have unresolved issues in the space between you and your partner. If anything is holding you back, you won't get there. I often give the example of a couple having an argument at breakfast time and then trying to have sex in the evening before they've actually cleared the space around their disagreement. The unresolved issues register in their bodies as energetic clutter. He's not so hard, she's not so wet, he comes quickly, she doesn't have an orgasm. You cannot open up and let go if you are holding on to things. Your vagina is numb. As I have said many times, most women have numb vaginas. A numb vagina is the product of some kind of dissociation. This may be through sexual or emotional trauma or simply by virtue of growing up in our sexually repressed and oppressed culture. 
Few people make it out alive or with feeling in their vaginas. You have to recultivate it and bring it back to life. That is what my vaginal kung fu and jade practice is all about, waking up the vagina and restoring sensation and feeling in it. A jade yoni egg is the key to your queendom. Once you have sensation back, your vagina can function as it is meant to, as a source of wisdom and power, and oh yeah, really deep, life-changing, immensely pleasurable orgasms. You have to stay the course. These deeper orgasms involve stamina, and this is why I love them. They push you further than you think you can to surrender deeper than you think you can, and then a little bit further. You know when you work with a trainer at the gym or a really challenging yoga teacher and they do not let you hide, they do not let you cheat, they push you to your edge and they hold you there until you break, in a good way. Apply that to sex and your orgasm. You let go a layer and then another layer and another layer and once you've peeled back enough layers of yourself, you'll find truth, you'll find your orgasm. This process has saved my life over the years, having a dependable place besides the gym and surfing and wherever else I can find it that I can go to break myself and to metaphorically die shedding old ego skins. They don't call it the little death for nothing, folks. You gotta earn it. You come to the void and you dive in and you stay there and you face yourself until you come out of it reborn. Your vagina is weak. It follows that if your vagina is numb, it's also weak. While it is possible that a woman could have pleasure in her vagina, nearly all women lack vaginal strength. So what is the barometer for a powerful vagina? Can you shoot ping pong balls with your vagina? Or cause your man to ejaculate or not ejaculate with the squeezing of your vagina alone? If not, then your vagina could use a workout routine. How do you feel when your body is fit and strong? You're more capable and confident. You feel good inside your own skin. Your body is humming with blood, oxygen, hormones, and neurotransmitters. All the things you need to feel truly vibrant are flowing optimally. Your vagina is the same. When it's strong and supple, it's more responsive and it can generate more friction to rub up against and squeeze whatever is inside of it. And you will receive much more pleasure and so will your partner. Your vagina was meant to give hand jobs, to function like a hand where you isolate and articulate every single finger and even knuckle section and you play the proverbial flute. The fact that most vaginas are in such a sorry state these days can be remedied with three main steps. Number one, use a jade yoni egg. The jade egg, at least the way I teach it, is a mind-body-spirit reconnection to the sexual self via the vagina. We blast through layers of weakness and dissociation and that strength that you build flows out from your vagina into every element of your life. Number two, yoni massage. Think of this as vaginal reconnaissance. You go and adventure and you come to know and reconnect with every millimeter of your vaginal self. You find hidden places and experiences and joy and ecstasy and you merge them into all the sweat and tears that are vaginal orgasms. Number three, you clear your blocks. 
you examine your sexual shadow and what you haven't dealt with that is written on your body and in your vagina. When you do, you will clear the space for epic pleasure and life-changing orgasms. The bottom line is that these orgasms are earned. Every woman can get there, but she needs to put in the work and the play. She needs the right tools, and I got those for you. Today's all-star is Robin. She is a 44-year-old from our Wellfucked Hall of Fame. She has taken my salons for women, and she has emerged at the other side a radiant, lubricating, ejaculating, vaginal orgasming on the regular sexual powerhouse. Wellfucked All-Stars. All right, welcome, Robin. I'm so glad that you're here. One of our well-fucked all-stars. <laughs> Thanks for having me, honey. I'm honored. She's a Hall of Famer, everyone. When people come into my salons, now that I've been doing this feature in the podcasts of well-fucked all-stars, they often say that one of their goals is to become one of the all-stars. <laughs> and in the Well-Fucked Woman Salon, we run a contest of the most, the Well-Fucked Woman Hall of Fame, and Robin has entered the Well-Fucked Woman Hall of Fame. So she's the perfect person to talk to about her journey. And one of the quotes that I was really moved by that you had said was, I am wet from tears from my vagina, my throat, and my heart as it pours out a river of desire. So tell us about your journey, especially from going wherever you started with your orgasms and then to where you've ended up. Well, I have to say that I was one of those surface orgasmers, as you call it, the junk, nah, I don't want to say junk food, but it was very surface, clitoral, pretty much only, um, you know, if I had a G-spot or cervical, I don't even think I realized what it was. It was more like this unicorn that I was like, whoa, that was amazing. Showed up once in a while and you didn't yeah, know how to find very, it again. Yeah, very rarely. And my whole life, anytime I had sex, I thought that when I could feel my cervix being touched, that that was like something bad because there was so much pain and soreness. And uh, I just assumed that it was a spot of your body to avoid. So I'd always kind of like pull back or clench or uh, so being middle-aged, it was kind of shocking. And I went through sort of like a sad time of realizing that there was some sort of space in my body that I didn't even know could find pleasure. Um, and that was like a huge, that was a huge shift for me. And I feel like through the well-fucked woman, it was almost, I had to give up a little bit to get there. Um, I think that I was like almost trying too hard. And I know that, um, that, that piece of surrender is huge of just being able to like surrender and enjoy and, not get to an end point. Um, and so going through the well-fucked woman was kind of, I mean, on so many levels, whether it was spiritual or creative or work, um, it was sort of a renaissance for me in a huge way. And uh, finding the cervix and really working with it um, through like self-massage, through my husband being able to like touch and let go, touch and let go. And feeling that kind of pain. And I honestly am not sure that I would have been able to appropriately work through it without all of the, um, the clearing of the blocks that you really had us kind of dive into. 
I think it brought up a lot of them or it allowed me to finally touch those places. And one of the biggest, you know, there's all the different levels of like, of, of exploration, but the physical level, like it's like the first level. And, and I have always been a dry person and I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease. And so a lot of any of my physical stuff, whether it's low libido or being dry or um, no energy, any of those things are all chalked up to, oh, you've got an autoimmune disease. Um, so I never really gave it much thought. You know, I live in coconut oil. I put it everywhere. I use it for lube. And that was the first key that I was like, what is going on? I mean, even my husband was like, you are so wet. <laughs> Um, it was kind of shocking the first time that I like had my first ejaculation because I didn't, it was before you'd kind of address that in the salon. And I was like, what is going on? I mean, it was incredible. Um, and it was really sort of, you know, cause they kind of like act like, oh, you get older and you're just, you're, you're going to dry up. There's going to be less feelings. So that was really sort of you know, it's like drinking with the fountain of youth. You're like going backwards. You're like, no, actually. And the encouragement with the other women on the, on the class of like, just, you know, much older than me and seeing their development and growth and like, yeah, you can be old and wet. <laughs> We're right, so, but. <laughs> right. So you're 44 and you have, ha- so you've been told, or we've been told at large culturally that women let's say from their forties onward, or maybe even earlier, will be challenged with issues like lubrication and their libido. Like we've got nothing to look forward to at a certain point, right? You've got that. And then you have the additional diagnosis, which would also become an excuse for why you can't have all of these things, but your body and your vagina are like, wait a second, bitch, I got this. Yeah. I don't need your BS excuses. (laughs) So I love that because these are the things that most people hold on to as reasons and that the allopathic community gives out, you know, without hesitation as excuses for why these things can't happen. And I love producing women through this work who can just fly in the face of all of these wrong assertions. Yeah, truly wrong. And it's, and it, and it's so, it was so blatant. I mean, you're dry and you're wet you can have all of these other like spiritual sort of like, oh my God, that orgasm was so much more connected or whatever, but like there's dry and there's wet. (laughs) There's a very big difference. And the other huge difference was, I mean, the the couple months that we were working um, my period, I have been, again, I've got Hashimoto's. You're always going to suffer from really extreme periods. I mean, they've put me on different medications throughout my life. I used to eat handfuls of Advil and lo and behold, it was gone. I mean, I had my period, but it was no pain. There was only like a feeling of release and kind of nice to know that I'm not really fertile at that moment. I mean, it was incredible, the difference. And then there was the deeper part where I was talking about the tears and stuff. I mean, I, yeah, those tears are joy. You can't help but cry. Like when you get to those different levels of letting go and surrendering deep in your cervix and in your vagina, there is just so much. I mean, you've said it before. It's like therapy. It's like pure therapy. It just is all of a sudden you let go. And to do that with a partner, you know, obviously the first couple of times it was kind of cool because he wasn't around for um, he was away for work in the beginning of the, the salon. 
So I had a couple of weeks to just work on it myself and have that experience and cry. But then to do that in that vulnerable space with somebody who I've been with for 13 years was, was incredible. Um, and again, I still, and I remember asking you this during the salon, there was a piece that I felt was missing physically in my vagina, like that, that I was surrendering, I was letting go, I was working on the clearing of the blocks, I was seeing so many changes in me and the way that I work and my creativity and um, just the way I interact with the world. And then there was this physical piece that I felt in my vagina that I just couldn't like, and I, I remember explaining it to you in one of the questions of like, I, I feel like it's not strong enough. And you're like, yeah, but you should be letting go. And I just couldn't really figure out what it was. And working with this egg, oh God, it's so nice. <laughs> and it's little nest. <laughs> it definitely, it's woken up the different pieces. Like it's, it, it's almost like, the well-fucked woman almost like put me like I'm building this car <laughs> and then all of a sudden the egg is like putting the gas in of like, okay, now you can drive this thing. And to feel the difference in my vagina and especially cause he was gone again for work and I was working on it consistently. And then to all of a sudden like have a penis in there and you're like, wait a minute, this is amazing. And it just brought me to the like, the realization that with, um, you know, women, especially a woman my age, so I've had a lot of sex in my life, even with people that I love that I didn't want to have. And it was almost like this disassociation. And I remember young, like being like, feeling like oral sex was almost more intimate than, than having vaginal sex, which now looking back to it is so bizarre, you know, because it's still me taking somebody in and, but I could almost disassociate easier from the lower half of my body that there was just this like disconnect and that the egg is like actually retraining me to feel that again. And like I now with the cock inside, I can feel all the different levels. I can feel where the cervix is about to touch. And oh, it's so much better. <laughs> I've never, I mean, just last night, my husband said to me, he's like, I don't know if that's ever happened to us before where I strictly had a cervical orgasm, not from any crazy amount of sex, not from like pound, like nothing, just intimate connection to my cervix. He's like, I just, you're doing something in there. And he's been practicing as well so that there's, you know, he's working on his own breath and such to do it. But I, it's a, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and, and what that can do for our lives that is a full circle of being able to like really connect to those lower chakras and, and work with that energy is because an orgasm is amazing and obviously it makes us feel great. And, but it's, I, I really truly believe it's that connection to those lower chakras that we as humans have like kind of just disconnected from, right. Especially women. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a deep believer at this point. So there's a few things that you touched on there that I wanted to go over. And first off is the idea of the numbness, right? Is that I think 
you know, I talk about this, most women have, if not all, have numb vaginas. And that's many reasons. Partly is because we don't exercise them. And so any muscle that receives no exercise properly, it atrophies. And then any of the energetics, our experiences, like you said, even having sex with someone you don't want to have sex with. And this is where lube is the great countermeasure for women, because women are encouraged to use it all the time, even if they're not wet. And so they just keep reinforcing to their vaginas that I'm going to override you. Your voice doesn't matter. We have sex when we want to or not. <laughs> we are just here to be used, like whatever, right? We are just going to placate someone. And so then all of this trauma and negativity gets reinforced in that space. And that disassociation, as you've mentioned, increases that sense of disconnect. And I even talk about how women can get so cut off from their organs, their reproductive organs, that they literally get cut out in the future, right? With that level of disconnect. And so the egg is beautiful and just bringing this, you know, millimeter by millimeter awareness back into that space and reanimating it, revivifying it as this vital part of ourselves. And, you know, even what you were then saying to get to this place of having essentially cervical orgasms without touch or without, you know, the type of penetration we would normally associate with needing to get to cervical orgasm because you've opened up these energy pathways, right? And so once you've created these neural pathways in the body, we don't necessarily have to use the same physical techniques to get there again. It's like the idea of energy sex. If we can tune into that neural pathway, bingo, we're there. Yeah. It feels really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And so when you were talking about this lower chakra stuff, and so what do you think that you overall as a well-fucked woman has done for your, the rest of your life. So obviously your own, I would say your own confidence in your body, in yourself, especially being told that you can't do these things, right? You're of a certain age, you have a certain condition. You just can't, don't worry about it. You know, it's just, that's the way it is. And, and then your whole being is like, no, 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 no. I got this. I have been victorious in these areas. And then, so I would, you know, that would breed a level of confidence and unstoppability, you know, in a woman as it tends to, but how, you know, in addition to that in your life, how else do you think these extra layers of really deep, powerful cervical orgasms have really changed you and your expression out in the world? That's a big one. I mean, it has, it has changed so much for me, honestly. Um, and it, and it has like a pretty incredible ripple effect. I really believe, you know, it's funny when you talk about like the Fukme <laughs> and, and, you know, if I'm starting to get in my <laughs> in a bad mood, my husband will look at me and be like, do you have a case of Fukme? <laughs> you know, um, or just being able to identify it. And, you know, it's all funny in a, in a very like personal way, you know, of, of what I'm experiencing, but also how it affects just the way we interact as humans. And, you know, I think I said in one of, one of the feedback things, I talked about the, the spiritual aspect to me, which is also a very kind of huge, broad thing to like sort of explain. But um, I really believe that this piece that you're teaching to women and to men and that a few other teachers, you know, that are, are, are touching on it. It's like the one missing thing for humans that um, 
in our spirituality. And I feel like in all religions, and now you can call science like the biggest religion right now, it's like all of these higher chakras, very mind, but all the pleasures cut out. And it's like nobody really wants to address the fact that we could be living on heaven and earth in, in our bodies, with our partners, in the way that we are creative. And, and it's so upsetting that, you know, with, when you go across the board to any religion, it's they cut out the pleasure piece of it, that sexuality. I mean, I guess with the Taoists, they've, you know, they've probably touched on it more. But even with science, I mean, anything that's sugary, cut that out. Anything, you know, if you have sex, you're going to get STDs or, you know, I mean, there's just so many reasons to not own our own pleasure. So I think for me to like start feeling that and understanding, you know, my cervix and this whole universe of pleasure that's inside me kind of reconnects the whole spirituality piece. It's like the it was for me the missing piece. And it makes life a lot more um, like each choice that we make is a lot more heavy for me now. The choice of the way that you respond to somebody in the gas station or the choice that you respond to your child or like there's such a depth to it because I've brought in those lower chakras, so to speak, that I'm like, whoa, if you're going to like start not having pleasure, you are going to be kind of rude to the rest of the world. So when I started with the well-fucked woman and I'm an artist and I sell clothing to women, I hand paint clothing and I've got my little booth and all of, I usually travel across the country and do like big festivals and yoga festivals and stuff. But because of COVID we are stuck in a very small, you know, and I've just been doing local things. And I moved starting with your course, it like shifted my whole desire of what I was doing. And it was more of being able to try to give pleasure to women through a second skin. And the interactions that I was able to have with women on that level, just because of what you had been teaching me. So I was more rooted in my pleasure. I mean, I had women in tears telling me the most beautiful, like vulnerable stories being like, why am I talking about this, you know, or then getting dressed and being like, I've never felt this good. And like, I mean, it was so, so rewarding. And I mean, in the same way that obviously your journey of like finding your own pleasure and then learning to share that with other people, it's that ripple effect. I mean, that's it, it. Not only is it my personal life changing of being able to have orgasms, but the ripple effect of affecting other people in your spectrum, whatever your work may be. I mean, I didn't think I was going to feel like a healer by dressing women with certain, you know, designs and clothing, but they just end up, you know, expressing their innermost dreams because it starts that conversation. And that feels really amazing. I mean, honestly, I feel like if, Everybody was forced to go to a school like yours, you know, 18, you're out, screw college, you, gap year, everybody has to go and learn about their vaginas and their cocks. <laughs> I think that we'd be a happier world, <laughs> truly. It's, it's, I truly believe that. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see the immediate effects, you know, like the more you work here, the more it, it, it's reflected in the people that you meet.
And it just infuses out of you. You become this vehicle and channel for this energy of sensuality and owning yourself and creativity, because I always talk about the connection between sex and creativity. And what have you noticed with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I uh, I started, I bought myself a, um, I think I mentioned this to you at some point, but I had bought a uh, Art Nouveau 1800s um, hand mirror. Like I imagine that it was held by a courtesan. And so I would go into my studio and I'd pussy gaze and I'd talk to my pussy before I'd start painting these clothes for women, you know, and when I started coming up like Artemis was one of the goddesses that I worked on with this summer and that was like kind of infused in my clothing and I would just sit there and I swear like the, the, the effect that it had, because nobody thinks about it, like clothing is a second skin and nobody, you know, you just like go shopping at Target and you're like, who cares? But when you wear your second skin and you're recognizing that you are portraying a piece of yourself and for me to be able to like watch that on women and, and see women, you know, they'd be in their little polo shirts and their jeans and cause I'm from the Northeast. So like that's how women dress. And then they put on like, you know, this organic dress and be like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know? And I just, I felt so, I felt so good being able to share that that creative, that creative juice. Cause it is, it is like super juicy and it, and it's very obvious when you're disconnected. Cause I've had, I've actually had the experience after your um, salon, I went through some like really, really challenging times with my teenage son and so much drama. And I fell off the wagon, so to speak. And it was kind of, amazing to see with the lack of practice, with the lack of like breast massage and the lack of, um, I had my first bad period right after, like I'd had two or three months of just sailing. And then all of a sudden stopped the practice, you know, and, and didn't want to have sex because it was so angry. (laughs) You know, my husband kept looking at me. He's like, I think Kim would tell you. (laughs) I was like, Jesus. (laughs) But it's incredible to see the effects, you know, and it, and it's it's a whole realm of self-care that most of us don't know about, you know, like you think that you're just having sex to connect with a person, but it's it's so much more than that. So much more. I love that. I feel like when people go through my work, even friends or people who work for me, they get this new filter of the Fukme filter where, you know, someone will be in traffic and screaming at somebody else. And they'll be like, oh, this chick today, she clearly had Fukme, you know, she was driving around or, you know, the lady in the store really had Fukme. I couldn't believe it. She was in <laughs> such a state, you know, it becomes their new yeah. lens for looking at the world and whether people are well fucked or under fucked. And that that becomes the ultimate explanation of their behavior as the source of their bliss or the source of their discontent. Yeah. I lived, it's funny because I lived with the French I, um, for about 10 years in the Caribbean and um, they have that expression, mal baiser. It's like what they say to any, any pretty much women too, but like anybody that seems uptight and it's mal baiser, it means like that they were poorly laid is like the expression. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's what? just like, I didn't know this. Kind of this ex- like, you know, slough of like mouth. And it's definitely like an insult, <gasps> but it's the same thing as Fukme. <laughs> of course, leave it to the French to know that, you know. 
<laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't, I mean, that's, yes, it's Fukme in French, but I didn't know there was already, look, if anyone else is listening to this and there's a word in your language that <laughs> expresses it, please get in touch and let us know because I want to put together a collection <laughs> in different go. languages for this phrase. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a great idea. I love this. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to put out, that's going to be my Christmas email to everybody is like, <laughs> please help me out here <laughs> and translate Fukme for me in every language possible. Oh my gosh. Oh my I, gosh. Love I love this. Awesome. So I talk a lot about the pathway to these deeper, more transcendent orgasms. So you started out talking about more superficial orgasms or lighter orgasms, which I typically classify as clitoral orgasms, right? They're more easy to attain. They're more physical. You don't need to bring in as much of yourself. You don't need to fully open and surrender and let go on all of these deep levels. And, you know, when we go through that, then we do the, the proof is in the pudding. You know, we get to these deeper places of the vaginal G-spot cervical orgasms, but it's really a path of committing to looking at our demons. I call it demon hunting, right? Or shadow, you know, observing, right? Going into our potentially dark places, being willing to pull up the rug and see what we've stuffed under there over the years and have a good look at that stuff. And then through that, we, we get to that, you know, we come out the other side, which is typically then orgasm, right? If you build it, they will come. And so talk to me about the block clearing process for you. What did that look like? And, um, you know, could you see the correlation between as you would clear a block that there would be some kind of corresponding shift in your physicality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was funny because when we first went into the, the block clearing, I was like, mm, I don't have that much to clear, <laughs> you know, and that list of like writing down basically what we, um, you know, what we have just kind of taken on as beliefs that aren't real just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And I was like, what, you know, and honestly it was, it was kind of shocking and it was definitely sort of at the same time that I was working with my cervix being touched and seeing that pain. I mean, it was, it was real pain, you know, as you would, like if, if you'd been chopping wood for two days straight and you touched your muscle and it's just like, ah, you know, but because it's internal, we think that somehow that's not a place that I could own and touch. I don't know. It was this very, but once I started just being like, okay, this is something that needs to be massaged through. And I sort of, um, you know, worked with it as well of like, what block, what block am I still holding on to? And the surrender piece, like being that vulnerable with somebody else it seemed a lot easier for me to touch my cervix myself um, than allowing another person. And then it wasn't even so much that particular person, my husband, but like whatever, it almost felt like there was the me that I had to get past for allowing my vagina and cervix to be touched in ways that I didn't like in the past. That, that was like the biggest you know, it was already having like some trauma in there, but why did I allow that trauma? Why did I, why did I disconnect to allow that, you know, to happen to me? 
Um, and that was huge. And that I think brought a lot of tears once I started to get to the surrender piece of allowing to be touched. And then once like that pain, you know, almost like when you're massaging, like you're, you know, you're getting a massage and it hurts. And then all of a sudden it hurts so good. And then it let that not lets go. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. It's an orgasm in and of itself. Like it's not even just what I would call the orgasm, but that let go is just so incredible. Um, and it's, it's hard work. The shadow, the shadow part is hard work. And I'd say that it keeps, it keeps coming up. And that's kind of what I was talking about before is that everything starts to be more real, uh, or more not heavy, isn't the word, but like, if you react to somebody with a certain, you know, Fouque attitude, what is it? What is that block that's stopping you? And like, where is that coming from? And I just went through, you know, a, a pretty hard time, as I was saying, and the, the couple orgasms that I've had over just this last week have been almost more incredible for the hard time that I had because I feel like that they were more blocks that were coming up in my life and the way that I was relating to my son and the way that I, and so it's almost like you're harvesting that energy, that like negative side to push through to another level. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the block clearing is, it's, it's intense. I mean, and I think that honestly having, you know, I'm sure some people have even more trauma. I mean, I don't think that I've experienced like, you know, some really, really dark things, but it's nice to have all of the help that you walked us through, whether, you know, all of those different steps of being able to kind of support us through that block, because that was probably the most shocking to me was how many of those blocks were there. And, and how to how to get through that gracefully, <laughs> you know, and still live our lives. I mean, and raise families and do whatever we're doing. But, you know, unearthing some of that stuff was was big, but so worth it. You know, it's incredible how much we carry around stashed up. Exactly. In <laughs> yeah. Wim Hof calls it the issues in our tissues, the stuff that we have lodged within us that just internalizes and takes on form, right? Whatever is in the mind and the emotional body that we don't process lingers in the physical body and gets placed there. And so, you know, my philosophy is that all of the so-called growths or cysts or blocks or, you know, things that grow within us are just stuff that we've suppressed and shoved away and not wanted to look at. And then they grow in some kind of malignant fashion, you know, to whatever degree. <clears throat> and then if people are conscious enough to take a empowered view of their healing, they will recognize that and then invite those things to unpack themselves, to reveal themselves. And that's essentially what we do in the salon is to try to find those areas. And I give people tools to figure out, well, what even could be a block, right? What could be something that is, um, that I've repressed and haven't looked at because we're trained as a culture not to do these things, not to be radically honest, not to speak the truth. It's better to speak a white lie, not hurt someone's feelings, don't rock the boat, right? All of this stuff that's incredibly dysfunctional and unhealthy, but it's become the real, you know, MO in our culture, right? And we're, you know, gaslighting, gaslighting every which way you look. And we're living in the biggest gaslighting 
experience of our entire lives, I would say right now. And so, you know, the microcosm of that is what can we do and examine in our own lives that's, that's being gaslit to us? And how are we gaslighting ourselves? How are we being dishonest to ourselves? And this idea of being willing to turn inward and face all of the places and the things within us that we haven't looked at, that we've been afraid of looking at, or, or even didn't even know we should look at right? Didn't know there would be an important purpose to looking at them. But truly these places like what you described earlier about the cervix being painful. And this is so common for many women. They feel a tightness. They often get sharp pain. They're like cervical orgasm. I can't even touch my cervix without discomfort, right? And so it's a real like crazy idea that that could be a source of pleasure for them. And I say, well, that's the point is that there's so much stored in there, so much trauma, tension, tightness, stress, that now the main um, expression of it is pain, right? And so that we have to gingerly, carefully, lovingly step into that space. Yoni massage is a wonderful tool to really unwind and tap into and denumb the vagina. And then as you mentioned, the jade egg is a way to get in there. And then it's like a map. It's like going on this you know, archaeological <laughs> exploration <laughs> of this territory to unearth what's in there and to like, yeah. you know, map out what's going on. Because for most people, like you, I think you've used the phrase a no man's land or a no woman's land, like this unknown, you know, void, void of sensation of uh, like geography and that we're really going in there to map out all of these places and then by doing that we re regenerate that articulation that sensation that sentience that is the true expression of our vaginas and I often talk about you know being led by your vagina and once your vagina and I, I noticed this early on in my jade egg practice is that the more I use the jade egg the more I began to feel like my vagina was its own consciousness. It was its own entity in me. There was me walking down the street and there was my vagina walking, <laughs> strutting down the street with me, right? As this sentient entity. Like, like turn there. Exactly. Him. I want him. <laughs> no, I don't want him. You know? yeah. So that becomes the voice of truth when we unearth and clear away all of the debris and the stuff that's that's mutating that signal and that voice and not allowing it to express itself clearly. And that truly when we're led by our vaginas, like this is what I say, my vagina, my compass, right? This becomes what a beautiful leading place in our lives and truly is. It's the source of all things. Why wouldn't it be the place that we gain our deepest intuition and insights from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And I just, it's really, I think when you're, what I really appreciate with your course was being walked through it because I know that for myself, I brought up, it brought up a lot of my own personal um, sadness and shame of allowing certain things to happen. Like even just with my Hashimoto's, I mean, I was, I was um, diagnosed that after the birth of my son in my twenties and you know, you're just like young and you're like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Take this pill, you know, for the rest of your life and you're fine. And, and, and it just kind of, you tumble down this path where you don't recognize 
I mean, basically disease is just strictly us not communicating with what's going on in our body. Right. So, I mean, it's the thyroid. So my voice, you know, I wasn't saying probably what was going on in my heart and probably what was going on in my cervix, you know, and it's that three piece where we're so easily, I mean, most people, they talk about, well, are you, are you leading with your head? Or are you leading with your heart? <laughs> well, what about your cervix? <laughs> You know, there's that third piece. There's never two without three. And it's just kind of an interesting thing of looking back at that age. Had I had this, you know, journey and this education, basically back then I would have been able to stop, you know, a, a train of events, but I have a daughter now and, you know, to be able to learn those kind of things and be like, you know what, like you, you can speak up and change things. And if you've got disease first, there's pain, right? I mean, if I feel like I'd never addressed the pain in my cervix, what does that lead to cancer? You know, like, because then you're just never addressing why is there pain? You know, why did I, why did I not speak out for all those years so that I ended up with some, you know, random disease that the doctor's like, yeah, that's what you got. And that's why you're never going to be wet. (laughs) We'll take that. (laughs) Right. When the deeper message there could be exactly what you're saying, right? Like wetness is a sign for the body. If we can't say no, the vagina says no, right? Right. The vagina is like, I'm not ready. I'm not wet. Don't let anything in here until I'm wet. And we just go, oh, hand me the lube and throw the lube on and slather it up there and just be like, okay. And the vagina is like, fuck man, fuck bitch. I didn't do that. (laughs) I'm not ready for this. Can you imagine on the opposite spectrum, if a guy couldn't get hard, which is basically the same thing as a woman not getting wet, would we just stick a strap on on him and just like, (laughs) I mean, no, (laughs) we'd be like, there's something wrong here. (laughs) But instead, (sighs) us being so nice. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's, it's really, you know, it's an education that I, I hope this spreads like rapid fire. I really do. Because I think that, you know, it's probably what the world needs instead of just a lot of fear. I mean, (laughs) I don't even get into that, but it's like this weird, like fear, pleasure, fear, pleasure. Like if people just went towards pleasure, you know, nobody would be sick right now. Well, that connection between the the throat and the vagina, we talk about even in birth that, you know, to help open up the vagina, we try to open up the throat with sound and expression and moaning and however we can to help open up the vagina and the cervix. And so that connection is strong. And so, you know, you're not the first person I've heard talk about this, right, that they've had been diagnosed with something like Hashimoto's. And then there's this underlying sexual component there that, of course, like in the medical profession, that would not be, they wouldn't make that more metaphysical symbolic connection of what these things, how these places are not talking to each other and then manifesting in these symptoms. But I do, right. That's the nature of this work. They can barely say that that what you eat matters. So, right. (laughs) Right. Right. If I walked in, I think my cervix was sore and that's why I have Hashimoto's. (laughs) It probably wouldn't work. It'd be like, here's a referral for a psychiatrist. I think we need to further medicate you because you're talking crazy talk, girl. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Well, is there anything else that you want to add that you think is vital that we haven't covered yet in this whole topic of opening up into different orgasms and your journey there? Um, Not really, other than just keep going towards pleasure. 
You know, I think that it's a really hard thing in our culture right now. It's almost, it almost feels um, selfish in a weird way. I, I was talking to my sister about this just this morning that there's so much suffering and there's so much pain and all you have to do is turn on the news and it's like, you know, this crisis and that crisis. So to say that you're going to like choose pleasure and, and to like self-care and self-pleasure yourself so that you can shift the world. It seems like a very, it can be, you know, controversial in a way to choose that and to say, you know, no, this is what I am doing. But honestly, I feel like that's, truly the only way that we will create change is is for at our individual level choosing pleasure and self-care and love to on a on a macro you know on a macro scale because it's not nothing's going to change by just being angry or holding picket fences or you know saying you're sick and I'm not like any of that kind of stuff it's just it's kind of useless but for us to really follow these journeys for ourselves and and the inner universe that we have the capability to have pleasure i think can really change on a, on a grander scheme and so i'm like be selfish do it <laughs> just do it that's beautiful <laughs> advice which in another framework would be go fuck yourself yes. but in the most loving <laughs> positive way Go fuck yourself and your partner if you want to change the world, right? That the change literally happens from within, the deepest place within. Yeah, it really does. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. And I love that you are here to share your inspiration and be a beacon of light and pleasure for others to show them that if you can do it. Listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.